0: What's good folks and welcome to another episode of the cover one film room presented of course in partnership with the cover one sports network. I am one of your two hosts this evening Anthony Prohaska joined by Eric Turner for a fun episode Yeah. that yes this is the first time we've dove into the mock draft area in an episode (laughs) here in the film room and it's something that we were talking about this offline, how addicting it is, like just going down the rabbit hole of like mock after mock after mock. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're fun to do. And for us, Eric, the the one we're going to do tonight is from the perspective of the Buffalo Bills in terms of positional value, positional scarcity, scheme fit, mm-hmm. skill set needs and fits. This isn't just us going through and being like, hey – I really like this guy. I want the Bills right. to take this guy. And it's like, well, he doesn't make sense for the Bills, and that's not going to happen. This is with the idea in mind of fitting the Bills from a structural perspective. And it's also exciting that it leads the conversations based on how the board can fall, positions versus positions, mm-hmm. players versus players. It leads to a lot of conversation.
1: Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun because, again, we study film. You guys are in the film room with us every week, and we watch these games, both sides of the ball. We present these film rooms to you guys. So we have a pretty good idea on film what is asked of them you know when it comes to techniques x's and o's Um, but we also have the historical data you know when it comes to measurables and and archetypes and stuff like that so when we do mock drafts like we're going to do the next couple weeks um, it's a little bit of both it's from you know what we think the bills would do but it's also you know where we rank some of these players Mm -hmm. and evaluate them on our board but again with the bills in mind with their archetypes with the type of scheme that they run and coaching they get Um, so that's what makes it fun Uh, when it comes to this stuff and this is not something i don't think i've ever done a mock draft in all the years of the film room i don't think we've ever done a live one so this should be fun should be a fun exercise and like you said it is addicting uh this is one of the first years that i've actually taken part in this um the the mock draft on uh, pff and it's fun because like there's a rumor that dropped today that the bills want to trade up right trade up to get either a skill player or offensive lineman so then Immediately when I had a few minutes on lunch break, I'm like, okay, if we were to do that, I'd go on the simulator and start talking about that. So um it is fun, but again, it's more of an exercise, right? It's an mm-hmm. exercise um to uh again value uh, at, at positions of need and stuff like that, and when those two lines cross and intersect. Um, but it's also just again, it's just fun to do during the off season. And I know a lot of you guys have been doing it for several months now. Some of you guys are so <laughs> addicted, you do it during the season, but um, this is our first live one, and I'm super excited uh, to get this kicked off.
0: Eric, let's talk about that that piece on the potential of the Bills trading up. So Matt Miller, uh, formerly of Bleacher Report, now of ESPN, um, was mentioned today as as stating that the Bills have been potentially making calls or looking to move up from right. pick 27. You mentioned, you know, kind of the association with it being for a receiver or an offensive tackle. If the Bills were to move up from 27, who would be a player that you would look for them to target based on, again, who you like in terms of your evaluation, but also yeah. what this team needs, um, given how the board would look at that point?
1: I think it's our offensive tackle one. I think uh, you, you, you share that sentiment. Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern just a technical beast when it comes to the offensive line and offensive line technique. Um, I got some, you know, cut ups there from uh, some of the games I scouted this year and some of the, the, the pluses and strengths of, of him and the knock with him though is, and maybe why he could fall are his measurables. He's mm-hmm. a guy that has those shorter arms. So a lot of people were like, Hey, if he doesn't work at tackle, he could bump inside to guard because he has uh, 32 and one quarter inch arm length. So that's a little small, it's a little under what the bills typically like, either whether you're looking at Bean's draft history or uh, Aaron Cromer's influence. Uh, usually, those guys like in the 33 and a half to 34 inch arm length uh, prototype. So, he is a little short armed, but as you'll see if you watch the film and some of these clips, he is just so technical. He, he knows himself, he's so self aware about his uh, skills and measurables that he knows how to beat. Uh, you know certain guys that may be bigger, maybe longer, maybe stronger than him. and he does it with that technique, that hand placement, just perfectly getting it inside and versus the run and pass, knowing how to generate leverage and move guys uh, even with being closer. Obviously if you have 32 and a quarter inch arm length, you're gonna be closer. So mm-hmm. you're controlling with your hands, right? but you're also moving people with your legs and he can do that. Um, and then there's there's some flash of, of violence as I put in those notes, you know, there is some violence to his game late um right through the whistle. So, he's uh, as I mentioned there, he's a draft crusher of mine and so if the Bills were to trade up to go get someone, I would hope it be for my offensive tackle one, a guy that maybe could fall into, you know, the mid round, maybe because the NFL mm-hmm. values and cherishes that arm length when we're talking tackles, especially left tackle.
0: I second that notion um completely on, on skaronski Like you mentioned, you know, he's, he's OT1 for both of us. He's just it's a shame that the conversation is centered around measurables and arm length while it is legitimate. And I understand it because he's just such a polished player technically, like mentally and then physically, like technically you watch him just how he's able to work into a various amount of sets and his footwork in each, his hand placement, his hand power, like just Mm -hmm. how he constantly is able to get, defenders off kilter and take their momentum and use it against them or get them early in turn and win leverage, he's such a good player. You nailed it. Like I I would absolutely love that. Um, if the bills were to trade up for Skoronsky. I'm also going to go, uh, with an offensive tackle that I would like to see them trade up for. I would, if I had to cast a vote, I would put it for Skoronsky, but for the sake of diversification, um, I'm gonna go with someone who I feel like this is gonna be no surprise to anybody who's followed <laughs> me on Twitter or listens to anything I've done yeah. since like early February. um, Mr. Darnell Wright, who you've pulled up on the screen now. And he's, you know, you're gonna get more right tackle only uh, skill set and use for him. But given the need of where this bill's offensive line is, I, and this isn't to say, I think for either of us, this isn't to say, Spencer Brown is done jettison him into the sun. It's over. But for me, I'm going to continue to maintain whether it's because of the injuries or the inexperience, whatever have you, where the bills are right now. Spencer Brown is just too mercurial at the right tackle spot. Now, could he start to stabilize this year and start to scratch more of that ceiling? Sure. I still think it's too big of a risk given how up and down he's been. And I would like to get off of that roller coaster and Darnell Wright for me is an option to get off of that roller coaster at right tackle My favorite verbiage to use for him is that he's an athletic grizzly bear Mm -hmm. and you watch the physicality, you watch the power, you see the athleticism, which you should not be able to see given that he's around 340 pounds. Like he came in we saw him at the senior bowl, Eric, at 335 plus pounds. And you would not have guessed that the way he was moving. Um, He's able to anchor down versus speed to power. I would like to see some more work there, but He's able to absorb pass rushers regularly. He's got some athleticism to climb to the second level. Um, I want to see him clean up some of his hand placement, but he's got good hand strength. He's got good pop. He's got a nice, strong um, right-hand stab and punch that he uses. And then what's nice is because he'll use that regularly, he'll then feign it, and he'll use it to get edges to declare early, and then he'll take advantage. He can work out of a jump set, a 45, and a vertical, I love dudes who use a good snatch and trap, and he's got one of the best in this class. He might be number
1: one. He might be number one, and, he's and up there. It, it plays to your point about you know his ability to absorb absorb power. That's a technique that you know guys use when guys go speed to power and go those you know those bull rushes. They're you know extending those long arms, and he just snatches them down from different angles and different sets. Um, yeah. He's definitely a guy that puts guys into the turf quite often, whether it's in the run or the pass game yeah,
0: he's getting dudes to just kind of look foolish and sometimes it's almost effortless and I feel bad for the edge rushers against him. Um, And then, yeah, in the run as well, you see the physicality, you see the power. There's several reps where he's crashing down and just completely caving in the entire right side of the line with what he's doing. Um, So he's a guy who... I initially thought would be very safe for the Bills to get at 27. But as we've gone forward, he's crazy, getting, man. Right? Like he's People were getting... like, oh,
1: he's a second rounder at the senior bowl. And we, we literally sat down on the couch, got ready to record and said, who is our stand-up?" Darnell, right. Yep. What, second round. What are you talking about? This guy's a first yep. rounder. Yep. That's exactly what we said on that recording. And we just, it blew my mind that he was getting a second round talk. And I know mainly it was mainly because, you know, it was a, a single season flash in pan mm-hmm. type year with him at right tackle. He played some, I believe he played some left tackle last year Correct. when we're going back through some of the film and it wasn't as pretty, no. but he settled in at right tackle. And when we saw him again, in person against some of that competition at the senior bowl, we're like, you said he's a second rounder. We're like, yep. no, no, this guy's a first rounder, first round
0: talent. And part of it for me too, is, being able to speak to him at the senior bowl. Yeah, and that was awesome. You know, I talked about it with you that I immediately like ran over to you and showed you what he <laughs> said after uh, this one question I asked him, cause it was just so good. Like I asked him how he studies film and how he prepares for the week. And the mental game, we, we talked about it that night when we recorded on the couch in yeah. mobile, the, the mental game is what separates players so much from like bad to good, good to great, great to hall of fame. And his answer when I asked him, you know, how do you prepare? What do you do with film? His answer was just so for me, next level and professional. When he talked about, you know, I study my opponents and I put them from a pass rush perspective, I put them into buckets, you know, yeah. are they power? Are they finesse? Are they speed? And then based on what they are, I cater my practicing that week towards preparing for that bucket of rushers. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, that's like, that's yeah, really that
1: smart. That blew me away. Yeah. That blew me away. The type of studying and then, practicing how to defend or how to block that up in practice during the week and again almost kind of like what Cromer talks about and putting guys in different positions like Mm. understanding your body positioning Mm. and how guys are going to attack you but you you got to have a counter you got to have ways to 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 keep yourself between the rusher and the quarterback and so it was super heady and intelligent for him to, to come out and say that and it's funny because it was like a day or two later he said the same thing to Daniel Jeremiah. I was like, "Yo, Anthony got that already. He outscooped you. Stop." It.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know he said that to Jeremiah. I feel like I would have been all over. Like I
1: was there first. No, no,
0: way. Um, it was awesome. It was just, it was, it was cool to just see. Yeah, that mental side connect with the physical piece. And I think in watching, you know, Skaronski's play style, you see how how high of a football IQ that he has. And again, this is, a, I think, whether you're going for Skaronski or Wright. I think for us, you know, it's tied to that positional need. It's tied to the value. It's also tied to the player in terms of their skill set, their traits, what we've evaluated and what it could mean for this team long term. And, you know, for the Josh Allen crowd that wants a weapon, you're still not doing bad if you're, you know, protecting the trenches and right. giving Josh Allen more time, keeping him clean and allowing him to kind of sit back, survey or escape the pocket in better ways because he's got more stability in front of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're keeping him clean, he's going to he's gonna dissect defenses with his arm and his legs. And so going offensive line, those two guys that we just mentioned, uh, Skaronski and Wright, I mean, if they're going to move up, I don't want them to just because they are Same. short on resources. Same. Um, and the thick of the draft, like the good part of the draft is like in the middle, like, you know, the transition from the first quarter to the um, middle half of the draft. Mm. Uh, so I would like to keep them in those areas with their draft picks, but because in order to move up, you're gonna have to give a, a pretty decent asset, I would think, yeah. uh, this year. Maybe next year. I don't know what type of value they would uh, opposing teams would take into that. But if they're gonna move up past like 19, 18, it's probably gonna take you know one of those a third round pick probably or a fourth round pick. So um, I, that does worry me. But it unless it's going up to get a premium position like a tackle, like a wide receiver, I mm-hmm. won't like it. Like right now talking about it, I don't really like it unless Agreed. they're going up for guys like that, right, Ant? Yeah, but then on draft night, depending on how it shakes out, you're like, "Oh, this guy fell. He was there. They moved up and got him. That makes sense." So I mm-hmm. could be talked into it, but it's gonna be that night when yes. when it goes down, if it goes down. But again, it's it's rumor season. Like these type of things come out mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so with that said, let's transition to uh, this mock draft. So we're gonna use PFF uh, the simulator here, and I'm gonna keep things almost right down the middle. Um, I'm not sure how what do you normally use it on and you They're normally I, Stain I right, do it down, like the right down the middle yeah board. I use yeah. their
0: default settings I don't want to you know skew anything towards any type of you know board
1: predictability right right so uh, we'll do this this is pretty uh, pretty fair I think and I'll slow mm-hmm. it down just a little bit um, and, and we'll just talk through this uh, you know we're not going to play roles we're just going to talk through it see how this it's, goes
0: <laughs> I'm laughing because at this point I know like if I start to offer trades, I'll be like, okay, I know I can get 36 and 73 from the Rams. If I do this, this, and this, I know what I can do with Seattle. Like I've been here so many times and it's just so fun.
1: End of the first round, man. It's tough. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, again, a lot of those guys at the end of the first round are oh, going wow. to have second, second round grades. And Ness
0: goes before Anderson. Wow.
1: So starting at the tackle, and Anthony, run and Anthony, there.
0: And Anthony Richardson was the second QB. A uh, Nolan Smith goes 14. I know you love stop.
1: Nolan Smith. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on Nolan Smith. I see flashes. And I don't want oh. him going to the Patriots either. Uh, I don't want him chasing Damn. Josh Allen around for the next Ooh. few years. Jackson um, Smith and Jigba goes 11. Yeah. So so he's. I think if it was a receiver, I think he's a, a guy that Bills fans would want mm-hmm. being to move up for. But going up to 11 is a, a little too far, um, in my opinion. Uh, so. Uh, Johnston. Uh, the other wide receiver went at 16. Uh, Kansas, went at 17. Wow. Uh, so yeah. So uh, I don't know. What do you think? You want to just stay put and and see what comes onto the board and let the the, the board come to us or what?
0: Yeah. yeah. I again. I'm. Even if it is for, like, I would be okay if they traded up for Wright and skoransky obviously. But I, mm-hmm. I do feel like there are, other up- there are other upgradable spots on this team that you need your draft capital for. So I'm very right. okay just sitting yep. and kind of letting the board Let's let it across. roll. Let's let it roll. Oh, there goes Zay Flowers. Everybody. I'm not big oh. on
1: Miles Murphy. Are you big on Miles Murphy, dude? You know what's funny?
0: I watched him, like, four or five times because the first time I watched him, was against Carolina in the ACC championship and I yep. was very mad, but he also got doubled a bunch. The more I watched, the more I've liked him. I actually think he could be there at twenty-seven for the Bills. I mm-hmm. initially thought he'd be gone in the first 15. Um so I, I like him, but I'm I'm not tremendously high.
1: I'm not I, I'm I'm not big on him. I, I think I have uh a mid to late day two grade on him. I just mm. I can't I don't see it man. I just don't see the burst and get off at the line of scrimmage i think he's good against the run and he's very strong once he extends but um i I just don't see it all right so i don't see the pass rush refinement either like um no oh interesting so the talk yeah the talk uh today as well on top of moving up to get a guy uh and tight end uh where's your Mm -hmm. thoughts on michael mayer any any of the tight ends if they were to drop uh, the Bills taking one of those guys at pick 27. What are your thoughts on that?
0: So it depends on what you're looking for from the tight end position. You know, mayor is kind of the do it all tight end as a receiver and as a blocker, got good size, good hands um, functions really well at the catch point. Dalton Kincaid is basically a power slot receiver and a tight ends yeah. body. My favorite tight end. I really, really, really like Sam Laporta. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was talking with Lance Zerline a bit on Twitter the other day. He's more down on Laporta, and I kind of wanted to gauge his thoughts. I, I, but I like Laporta as an overall well-rounded tight end, mm-hmm. what he can do blocking in the run and in the pass. I don't love the idea of tight end at 27. And if we're talking about the Bills, it's mainly because of that fit. Like, are they – are they gonna i don't think they would commit to the 12 personnel piece that hard and if you're going to go tight end that early that means they're committing to 12 personnel and that's what yeah. they want to do and i i i think 12 personnel is an ultimate dictation piece like i really like that idea i i like what you can do if you got two tight ends who can block and function as receivers and all of a sudden what you can do in terms of making defenses match when base personnel or you know outmatching them if they want to stay in nickel i really like the potential of it um i just don't see the bills until the Bills
1: show me that they're going to do that, right. I'm
0: not going to think they're going to do it.
1: That's the big piece, man. Until they show me that they can do it. Until they show me that they can right. utilize a tight end for an entire season, let alone two. Because uh, it took Dorsey half the season to get you know Dawson Knox involved, especially when they were going to defenses are playing more man coverage and in the red zone. It's like dude yeah. he scored like 90 percent of his touchdowns in the red zone why aren't you targeting dawson knox in the and red zone weird, at the very given
0: least? given dorsey's history in carolina they used a bunch of tight ends and then even in his playing career at miami they were a heavy two tight end team like with what yeah. he was doing with jeremy shockey and their whole cast of characters like i thought i thought last year we'd see better tight end use better tight end utilization and or more 12 um you know, I and uh, yeah, until they show it, I can't predict it. All right. So, uh, oh, Joey Porter Jr., of course, I of know. course,
1: of course, they I don't know. need a coin. Hey, PFS says that's a need, it says DB's a need. So, <laughs> oh, um, man, yeah, I, I've never I seen want, him drop to be for honest. the I've value,
0: been, I want yeah. Joey Porter, it oh, yeah. but it doesn't make any sense. But I want Porter
1: and to trade out, I mean, you're dropping into the 50s and 60s, oh, so it's kind of pointless. So, uh, yeah. where do you want to look? Where do you want to start? Um, I'm not high on uh, Brian here from Clemson. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what are your thoughts on him. Uh, you, there are several pretty good interior defenders. Maisie Smith, yeah. one of my guys. Benton, obviously I one of our guys. Ben and um, Smith are
0: fantastic. I even yes. like
1: Ika a bit, even though um,
0: he doesn't hold up his dub- on against double teams as well as I would want him to for his size. He's more actually athletic and nimble, but I, and I like him still. Kobe Turner is somebody who I love from yeah, Wake I've seen Forest.
1: You a bunch about him. Yeah, he's
0: awesome um in terms of what he represents as a player oh man brazee falling is interesting
1: i want joey porter for the well who, what um let's let's appease the masses first what yep. wide receivers are available i know it's addison at the top then downs dell michael wilson rasheed rice
0: oh what do you think about jordan addison
1: <sighs> dude this is the way i i didn't you know i want to talk about people are like man but what about his measurables it's like those measurables weren't issues when I watched him on film. Mm. Now, are are you going to ding him a little bit? Sure. But like more than half a round? No. I think uh, I liked him as one of the top receivers uh, before he got to the combine and mm-hmm. ran that and measured all of that. Um, so I think he's just super smooth, man. I, I think he's one of those high floor guys um, when you're talking the wide receivers in this draft, especially in this draft. I think he's, you know, he can win outside. He can win. Uh, inside mm-hmm. um he's got some like a similar pace and style to running in his gait to obj where it's, i always call it like mm. a duck style where mm. his knees are like in and he can cut on a dime yeah, going in and or out um his 90 degree and 45 degree cuts are outstanding and they're mm. so clean and that's why you always hear people refer to him as smooth because you don't see a hitch in his brakes at all and he's just very good at attacking leverage and again when we're talking outside or inside, because a lot of people think that he could really just eat from the slot. I think Mm -hmm. he could play outside even with, again, some of his measurables. Yeah, The league's different now. Like guys like Zay Flowers, um, Downs to some extent, even Nathaniel Dell, Mm. yes, years pass. Like, you know, maybe they're not boundary guys, but there are things you can do as a coach to mimic the slot. Mm -hmm. You can – something as simple as tightening up an alignment, Mm -hmm. having them – tighter to the tackle, tighter to the tight end, off the line of scrimmage, you're still getting free releases. You're still getting those uh, two-way goes as if you Mm -hmm. were in the slot. But I like Addison, man. I I think I have a a late first-round grade with him. And based on the guys, let's see, who do we have at the top here? I mean, Porter's up there.
0: He's only Uh, one of two receivers for me that have first-round grades in this draft.
1: So I 2nd your notion. So Mayer is the other first-rounder I have here. I'm not big on, uh, what's his last name, Brezi, Brezi, Brezi. I'm yeah, not I'm big on him see either.
0: What he, so he's got flashes and spurts um, on tape in, in 2022. He was coming back from a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. He's got some really, really dominant reps physically, like and bursty, quick get-off, hand technique. I mm-hmm. find him very intriguing at 27. But my thought is I like the positional value mm-hmm. Like again, somebody—not to get too ahead of ourselves—like I would rather have Kobe Turner in round three or four, potentially. Like, given what I've seen on tape and the advanced metrics for Kobe Turner, here and here's here's the other piece too, who we're not seeing in this initial part that we're scrolling—the linebacker conversation, yeah. Eric, because if. Oh, wow. They have Henley ahead of Campbell. Okay. That's a whole other conversation. But if, yeah. the, if for me, it feels like if the bills don't address <sighs> linebacker here at 27, or say they trade back to the early thirties, mm-hmm. whatever, if that first pick isn't a linebacker, I don't think any of the linebacker fits that this team needs last until 57. And for the mm-hmm. people who are throwing out, Oh, Dorian Williams and Damarian Overshawn. And, uh, I've seen Ivan Pace junior level, all three of them right there too. Um, those guys aren't fits given what they do. Even Dayon Henley, I like Dayon Henley. I don't have him higher than Jack Campbell, but he's more of a will yeah, and an all-around like- athlete guy. No, <clears throat> he's not going to fit what the Bills are trying to do. You have to take that scheme fit into perspective. I don't love taking tough. linebacker at twenty-seven at all. It is tough because I don't think the value at twenty-seven is necessarily there with going linebacker. But my fear is if they don't take line, if we don't take linebacker now, we're not going to get one for the rest of the draft. Like right, that fits that
1: and- need. And that makes sense. And yes, I know a lot of people like, I just trade back five, seven, eight spots and get them there. You guys, again, we talked about it. End of the first round. You're going to have a lot of those second round grades at the end Mm of the first round. And Jack Campbell for me is uh, in the second round, early second round. So he, again, taking him at 27 is not a reach. And you guys got to think about this. If you're grading all these players and a guy goes at pick 25 versus pick 40, that grade difference is probably 0.2. It's like so Mm -hmm. minute. It's so small. It's not materially different that, you know, you can't get hung up, hung up on that. And that's one of the, the downfalls of these mock draft simulators mm-hmm. is it, it convinces people uh, otherwise, but oh yeah. um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, Campbell here at 27, isn't that much of a reach, even though we're at 27 and his rank is 45. Oh my God. That amazing. kills
0: me when I'll do a mock and someone will be like, well, you got a a, a D minus for that pick. And I'm like, cause it's yeah. because based on what PFF is ranking, like what, yeah. what are we, what are we doing there? And I, so for me right now, if we're looking at it here at 27, it would be between Addison Campbell, Mozzie Smith. Um, I, I really just like Smith a lot in terms of what he can do and what he would offer the bills defense. But from a, from a positional value and scarcity standpoint,
1: I feel like it's Jack Campbell. <clears throat> okay. So grinding the mocks, a cool freaking website that kind of pulls all the major mock drafts and gives like expected draft positions based on those averages and all those mock mm-hmm. drafts. Jordan Addison has an expected draft position rank of 24. And okay. Jack Campbell is, um, let's see, where's he at? I know he wasn't that much further down. He is at 45. So basically right where (laughs) uh, PFF has him. Right. So, okay, so here's the situation. If we are to take a guy like Addison, we have to start scouring for, uh, what, in the 30s and maybe even early 40s to go back up to get a Campbell. Now, is that something that you'd be willing to do where Mm -hmm. you might have to get rid of your third rounder Maybe pick something else up from the team you're trading with. Is that something you're willing to do, or do you want to just take Campbell here uh, and, and try to find a receiver later?
0: Oh man, the second the second round trade
1: up is so murky and muddied. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, oh, I f- so we're, I let's look know. at some teams. Let's 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 mess yeah, around with that. Does. Let's just since you're you're able to do that, uh, some teams that we could possibly trade up with. I think the Steelers they they could very well take Campbell at 32. Yep. So I don't want. Um, we'd obviously start talking after that. But um, I think the Cardinals, the Texans, um, I think the Raiders are actually Raiders because I, I have a feeling the Panthers could also be looking around. Well, click, area, on, the click
0: on the um, PFF mock screen to make it scroll with you. I don't know if you're scrolling or not, but it's still on 27 for us, just for the viewer. You're not seeing the drop down? No.
1: All right. Hold on. Well, he's not showing it. Oh, there you go. Now move the Cowboys. Okay. All right. So, can you see that? Uh, so, you don't see the list of values once I click it? No. Okay. All right. So, I'll, uh, again, once we get past 32, the Steelers, Texans at 33, Cardinals at 34, yep. um, Colts at 35, Rams 36. Colts Seahawks could be a
0: potential. Seahawks yep. could be a potential.
1: Um, I Raiders? Think the Titans. I don't think he makes it past 41. I think yeah, 41, t- 42 with the Jets. Titans, Jets. I think that's an area where he could go. Um, yeah. But again, you talked about it with Marino, you know, it is quite the drop after, um, especially if you're talking true mics. Yes. You know, uh, Campbell's a true mic. I think Sanders can be, he can have some other cool roles to him. Yes. Simpson right now is not a true mic, but I think no. again, this staff could probably train him up pretty well to be effective. And, and, and so I,
0: I, from a value perspective, I'd love to go with a non linebacker here and then hope that Trenton
1: Simpson falls to 59. Okay. but I'm worried about that happening as well. Right, right. All right, so what do you want to do? Wide receiver or linebacker here? Moment, moment of truth. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Where's your head at? I'm thinking we take Campbell.
0: Well, I'm thinking okay. we make the pick. And make the pick. <sighs> I, I, I like more of the right wide receivers late than I do linebackers. So mm-hmm. even though I have Addison rated higher than Campbell, I would go Campbell. What do you okay. think?
1: I have Addison higher, uh, as so I said, I. Um, but it's not by much. He's like that last bar before the second round hits. He's right where, yeah. uh, where we have him right now. Um, all right. Well, let's, this uh, is so hard. I know this is, and this is again, glad we don't have, we're not on the clock. Like, I know.
0: Maybe <laughs> like
1: you guys got to make a pick. We like, we're not ready yet. And then hang up. All right. So let's go with, um, let's go with the tried and true corn, corn fed, linebacker okay. from Iowa training with Luke Kuechly, true Mike transitions well into this defense. they run the same defense there. They're in the same type of program. Yeah. Um, You're going to hate us for it, but we're going to take the linebacker here. You sound, I sound hate uh, I hate us for it.
0: Like I like it, but I also <laughs> hate it. It's just the, it. I just think the value could be so much better, but also the need and the positional scarcity is, is an important piece.
1: Yeah. And there's a reason why the bills haven't addressed uh, this position. Correct. You know, they they've, they let Edmonds walk and sure. They're going to tell you that specter and Bernard and Dotson have a chance to start. I don't personally believe it. it. No. And Um, and you, and you like Terrell Bernard a lot. And I do. I just don't, I don't want him as a stacked linebacker with his 30 inch arms. I just, I can't picture it. And then his size, I don't care. Even if he gained 10 pounds, it still worries me. I like him in coverage. I like him playing. He's heady. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking stacked linebacker with six man boxes all the Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm a guy like Jack Campbell is kind of who you need. It's uh, unfortunate they had to let Edmonds walk, you know, to, to get another guy that's similar in many ways, a little more mm-hmm. tight-hipped, but he brings a lot to the table that um, I think Bill's fans um, wanted to see from Edmonds. I think yes. he may not have the range, but from the shoulders up, he's much further ahead mm-hmm. than Tremaine was uh, coming out of college, especially. I think his processor is top-notch in this class when we're look, talking about the linebacker position
0: absolutely and i think that's a really good observation like i i don't think he has the ranges at Edmonds either i don't think a lot of people do because Edmonds is yeah. a freak while wow, sanders went right at 58 that's funny um because because Edmonds is yeah a, a unicorn in every sense of the word but i do think from a mental processing standpoint and also from a coming forward stacking and shedding playing in the box standpoint i think campbell is a, is a bit of an uptick from Edmonds. so and especially when you're pairing him with somebody like a matt milano who chaos creator get shoot like shoots gaps yeah. is all about like making plays and causing havoc somebody like a jack campbell who's able to diagnose all that read it and clean it up and finish i
1: think could be a nice combination for the bills all right so let's take a look at the tackles here at 59 Oof. no one i'm pulling a trigger on really i like tyler <sighs> steen but i think he might be more of a guard and i like him yeah. in the third round he's I an really archetype do. fit so Steen's an archetype fit. Wanya Morris is an archetype fit. Sal Deveri, who I love. He's, He's cool, one of my crushes. Yeah. Him and, um, and and Zach Coons were two old yeah. Dominion guys who were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think those guys are archetypes for the guard position. Uh, wide receivers, Dell, Wilson, Rice, A.T. Perry, Cedric Tillman. Tillman's I like dope. Um, I like Tillman, I like Perry. What about uh, interior defensive line? Yep. Keanu. Benton.
0: Benton. I know. I know. And we're really gonna beat us piss people off. I'm really gonna back to back defense. Every he, but here's the thing with Benton, right? And ooh, and I, because I spoke about him on the show uh, on disguise coverage uh, recently. Where are we? So there were 204. Interior defensive lineman that had 50% of pass rush snaps in 2022, 204 of them. Keanu Benton was tied for third in PFF's uh, pass rush productivity. For those who don't know, a formula that combines sacks, hits, and hurries relative to how many times they rush the passer. So he was third. Out of 204, he was also tied for fourth in quarterback hits. He was also tied, for, or he was also fifth in pass rush productivity in two yeah. pass sets. He mm-hmm. was also seventh in stop percentage versus the run out of 216 interior defensive linemen. And he had an average depth of tackle of 0.8. He is a very large human. At yeah, oh, where are we? Uh, six foot four, 315 pounds. You can line him up at the three, a two, a one. He's even lined up over the nose or in a shade. He's got active hands. He's he's got the quickness and the hand technique to penetrate, but also the size to help linebackers stay clean at the second level. I also like the idea of you know helping out your rookie Jack Campbell and your athletic mm-hmm. bursty gap shooter Matt Milano stay clean mm-hmm. by getting someone like Keanu Benton. I really like Benton here.
1: Yeah, I, I love Benton. And you know, I watched his film prior to the senior bowl, watch, I think one or two games. And I was like, okay, he's got some juice. He's got some size to him. But then there were some one-on-one pass rushes from the senior bowl where he was just so violent with his hands, throwing guys out of the way. Um, he's got that size and strength, but he's very aggressive. He, he would be a perfect fit in the bill scheme because he's up the field. He's, he's not a guy that is going to win consistently stacking and shedding and he can, don't get me wrong. But he is an up-the-field guy, whether he's at three or nose, anywhere across the line. He's going to penetrate and create chaos. I think he's that kind of violent up-the-field uh, defender. His club move, I mean, it mm. just drops guys to the turf. Um, he's, but he's also very light on his feet. Again, he's quick yeah. uh, for his size. Um, and I, I just really like him as a defender. I, I do agree. I think uh, Benton is uh, a really good choice here at 59. Um, It's right at, you know, he's one of the top guys in the cluster. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at clusters here, Uh, I say Benton was be one of them. Ika again, I don't think he's a a scheme fit, but he's pretty nasty. And and and, and also
0: in this conversation, the bills have no defensive tackles signed past this season. And as of right now, depending on how you have them ordered defensive tackle three and four are Jordan Phillips and Tim settle. And like Eric, like we've talked about on the show, Tim settle did not have the year that we would have wanted him to last year when you watch him on the tape or from an advanced metrics perspective, from a metrics perspective, he was one of the worst interior defenders in the NFL. Yeah. He was awful. Um, granted he did have some injury concerns and then Jordan Phillips when healthy is a really good piece, but at this point, not even just the shoulder, he pulled up lame against the Titans in week two last year. And this is something he continues to have soft muscle injuries going back to his time in Arizona after he left Buffalo the first time you need reinforcements on the interior defensive line in 2023, but especially, you know, beyond. And it also just happens that Benton is a scheme fit and a really good player.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, we go with Benton here. That one's pretty easy. That's fantastic. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it was worry. It was worrisome to start the offseason because, obviously, you know, Edmonds hit hit the market. He mm-hmm. was gone. Um, then we were losing a guy like Jordan Phillips. Um, Tim Settle, as you said, had a really down year, especially for what they got mm-hmm. him to do. Yeah. They were going to lose Poyer. And when you talk about a too high shell team losing – Guys like that right up the middle and losing that production right up the middle, losing those leaders right down the middle of the defense. That's a, those are big losses. And so to replenish it with guys, again, low income type guys with Benton Mm -hmm. and Jack Campbell up the middle, resetting those contracts at positions of priority, which this regime, Brandon Bean, since he's been in Buffalo and since he's been when he was in Carolina, have really prioritized Mm -hmm. those D tackle positions and that linebacker position.
0: Absolutely. I want to say my uh the Baltimore Ravens at eighty-six took Jartavius Martin and I love um, you and I both like Martin a lot, but yeah, in, a in that defense with what he can do with his skill set, I think that's an awesome pick. Like him and Hamilton in that, like right. Stop it. Stop. right? So yeah, and then you still fair. got Humphreys and Peter on there. Humphreys yeah. and Peters on the outside, like man, that's such an awesome DB group. I love that pick.
1: All right. So where do we want to look here? I got wide receivers wow. and tight ends. So this is where From a receiver perspective, this
0: is where it starts to get, like, muddied. Because now you're starting to look at skill set. You're looking at value. We still haven't addressed uh, offensive tackle. Yeah. I I like the idea of – I'd like to go tackle whether now (laughs) or –
1: Okay, so I we're think, sitting here
0: in 91 back into round three. Ideally, I'd mm-hmm. like to end up with Steen or Saldaveri with either this pick or the next yeah. Pick. I'm I'd down with
1: like. I'm down with either Steen, Saldaveri, or Warren. I'm, I'm oh, these Carter three Warren, guys yeah. are, are, are three guys. I think more so for me, Seldaveri and Warren. I think can challenge mm-hmm. Spencer Brown. I, again I think Steen is a guard. Seldaveri, I think he can play tackle and they should start yeah. him there. And then again, six six, uh, what three fourteen big three fifteen so big. Like 315, yep. so big. And he's very technical with his hands. I think we can get him in round four. Um, So I I would think we need to look. I also know that we usually can
0: just from doing the mocks.
1: I didn't want to screw (laughs) it, but I I know we could probably get him at 130. (laughs) So then um, if we're looking at wide receivers, tight ends. um, Any, any edges? Maybe. I don't think there's any good ones available at this point. (laughs) Oh, KJ Henry's cool. Yeah, I he didn't I he didn't do it for, the Clemson guys didn't do it for me. I just say that I think no. Brooks he's I like kind of that a piece. He's he's a guy that probably is gonna bump inside, but he'd be a nice depth de- defensive tackle. Mm. I don't think the Bills would be mm. looking him at the end, or maybe even like a, a four or five tech uh, for those odd front teams. But um, Young, I know he flashed a bunch because of his mm-hmm. athletic testing, and yep. he's got he some can also like, like drop into coverage, the and do right. He's a really athletic dude. He's fun. Oh, that's hard. Kobe man. Wooden I
0: is think. cool, but he's not a scheme fit. Oh, so then we're looking. We're, I feel like we're skewing more towards receiver here mm-hmm. based on what we got. And then it comes down to skill set and scheme fit, which I also think is tied into the conversation of what is Khalil Shakir? Is he right. a slot receiver? Is he the boundary receiver? So at this point, are we looking for more inside outside versatility? Are we looking more outside? Are we looking more slot based? I think a lot of that ties into <coughs> what happens with Shakir. My out of all these guys that are like right on the screen right now, from from Booty all the way down to Mingo, I like Hutchinson. Um, my two favorites out of this, Tyler Scott is fun as well from mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I like Parker Washington and Mingo yes. the most
1: out of yes. these. these are receivers. two guys I, I would target, and I wouldn't target them right now. That's the issue here. <laughs> so here's the thing, and this is going to be this is gamesmanship. Mingo is
0: Mingo is listed there. He goes between this pick and 130, like at a 50 50 shot. I don't know. I don't think it makes sense given where he's ranked. So there's a chance we don't get Mingo on the back end, even though he's rated lower potentially. So like yeah. from a system perspective, I like Mingo a lot. I I would love him in the fourth round, not necessarily in the third.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're very similar players too. When we're talking run right after the catch type guys, thicker, uh, you know, type mm. guys that um, can create those explosive plays um so yeah I, I those are the two guys i would be targeting here and again i don't i'm not big on Reed, man we talked about it uh mm-hmm. prior to the show yeah. you know do I, it for me he the, the few games i watched prior to the senior ball i was like okay okay and then at the senior bowl i he didn't he didn't flash for me much same um i just didn't see and even him on, even on the team he's him. not i don't know no. right
0: and he doesn't he doesn't separate a ton he does make some really cool contested catches like the Ohio state game is one that people point to, but he has to make really hard contested catches because he doesn't separate physically mm-hmm. like with physicality or with, with speed. Um, oh yeah. We're kind I of think stuck can, on
1: this pick too. Cause there's no trade. So we, we're no. going to have to take it. Even if it's it is hard. Of
0: so this is one where if you don't go receiver early, receiver gets muddy in the third round, just with how like this has kind of fallen. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of addressing tackle, but to your point, I think we can get Saldovary at 130, so yeah. I'm okay with that. Or again, or Carter Ward. One of those guys is going to be there, so yeah. whatever. I'm fine. So then my thought is wide receiver. Oh, man, if only he's didn't tear his ACL, I, I would go he's yeah. here in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, we're pretty much uh, locked receiver? into wide receiver. So... Uh. Who would it be you down like to for you? It's um, it's Washington or Mingo.
0: Yeah. I like Parker Washington. Um, but I think the skill set and the size and the frame that Jonathan Mingo offers mm-hmm. is not currently present on the Buffalo Bills team. Somebody so six foot two, 220 pounds, runs a 4'4, 640, the guy who can take one to the house with speed, or he can break a tackle from a linebacker or a safety and get vertical. What's also <laughs> interesting with him. And, you know, we talked about him in the, the senior bowl. Um, I was worried about his, his route running ability coming from such a heavy RPO based offense at Ole Miss, but he showed, he, he showed enough at the senior bowl that gave me confidence that he could develop into a real route runner in the NFL I like Mingo a lot. I'd be okay with him or Parker Washington. Um, Parker Washington's a dude who he, he flashed a bunch last year um, on tape for Penn State, but then you see this year tough after the catch. He can play in the slot, but he also can line up as a Z. Um, he's good with his release off the line of scrimmage. He's good on screens. He doesn't separate a ton in his routes either. I would like to see him be, like have more suddenness, which I don't think he's necessarily going to have. Um, and we, what would what have we talked about, Eric, on the show? Like Josh Allen loves dudes who separate early and often. Yeah, I don't know if Washington is that guy,
1: even though I do like him. I would lean Mingo here if we're going I like, between yeah, those I like, two. I like where your head's at there. Um, I think either way, I think we're we're targeting Sal and uh, Mingo. Now oh, let's let's play realistically. If yes, which are these both? I think both of these guys could very well go. In the third round, and that's what is kind I'll of agree. you know sketchy about these simulators is. I think both of these guys have those type of grades, um, and so yeah, we're trying to game the system here. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think we we'll just take uh, who's higher. I think there's
0: score. a good chance that in real life, Mingo could be gone before 91. Like I don't care oh, yeah. that PFF is right. showing him as like he's ranked 148, uh, especially in a wide receiver class that has a lot of redundancy in terms of size and frame. And that size and frame mm-hmm. is smaller slot or Z guys. And Mingo is a dude who can play in the slot, he can be your X, he can be your Z, he's a ball winner, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. There's not a lot of dudes like
1: him in this class. I He think impressed me at the senior bowl with his route running. I, I right? thought I was and not remember the first,
0: that. He was the first dude, because I was talking about Mingo. <laughs> remember he had a rep on day one early where he looked slow, and you were like, I don't know about him, man. And then by the end of the day, he got better right. and better yep. and faster and he faster. Yep. All right,
1: let's take Mingo then. Let's, let's move this along. Mingo there, hope Beautiful. that one of the tackles that we like – Gets there. So the very should be there. I'm going to piss if this mock makes me look foolish and Saldaveri so is not there, which I also
0: think. I think very should be ranked higher than, you know, again, PFF has him on their board as 128 or whatever. I think he could be a third round guy in real life. Yeah. So if yeah. we were able to get him in the fourth round here with 130, I think it's, that's very good value. It's, it's
1: funny because after the senior bowl, I started, or after the combine, actually, once all the measurables started coming out. Um, I, I watched sell cause he was an archetype fit and I'm like, Holy cow. And he played an offense that, um, the head coach of ODU is, uh, was the offensive coordinator of the, uh, Penn state Nittany lions when Gesicki mm-hmm. and Saquon for there. So when you see Koontz, uh, doing mm-hmm. some of the same stuff that Gesicki does, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And, and um, Koontz was also a Penn state transfer. He was. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. Um, I started watching Celdevere, and I'm like, Holy cow! So I messaged Brandon Thorne, obviously one of the top guys when it comes to offensive lineman, I go, mm. Dude, have you watched Celdevere yet? He goes, No, not yet, but why? And so we started discussing him. Um, and I think he just finished his report like a, a few days ago, and he's like, Okay, you are right about him, man. Like, he's a good player. I think he even has him projected in that third round as well, round range. um, where cool. I have him. So yeah, very, very good um offensive player and again positional uh, a guy that could flex out and there he is 128 um I think he's pretty much a lock here what do you say absolutely he um I was
0: watching ODU for Koontz
1: and Mm -hmm. I kept noticing
0: him so then I went back and watched multiple games of of Salaberry I I love that pick and I think he it's also kind of a best of both worlds right like you still I think this gives Spencer Brown more of an opportunity to beat him out but I also think like there's a good chance Saldivarri could win that job. And even if he doesn't, cool. Now you've got more tackle depth that isn't David Questenberry and Tommy Doyle.
1: Right. And again, that positional flex, he's a captain. He's yeah. played all of the offensive line positions, sometimes within the same game, which is so difficult. It's very Ryan so Bates-like, right? Um, mm, there's some, a certain amount of you know smartness, intelligence, and resiliency to do that. I like his processor, but I like his hands. He does that. You talked about feigning hands with Darnell Wright. Mm. He does some of the same things where um, he'll he'll do a circle punch. So he'll show his hands and the guys go to knock it down and he'll do the circle punch like this and then hit him. Uh, And he's able to anchor down versus guys. Um, He's got some torque. I think he needs some work when it comes to some of the run game stuff. But, uh, again, when you talk about a leader, versatility uh, across the offensive line, competition for Spencer Brown, I think this guy will compete with spencer brown at right tackle
0: absolutely like i i i second that notion completely like so upside is he wins your right tackle battle and he starts for you downside is he gives spencer brown a fight and then gives you depth on the outside like you get the physicality you get the athleticism you get the hand technique like i I, I like this pick very, very this is probably my favorite pick that we've made from a value plus need perspective. I I oh, think yeah. he ticks so many boxes and there's yeah. no downside.
1: Um some of these edge guys, I'm not even high on though. No. Um Fihoko, Ramirez, Abdullah, Diaby. I was Diaby essentially looks like a defensive tackle to me. Um they used him. I was he, I know I he tested I really well. Yeah, uh, I thought I would too, because he tested really well. And then it's like I watched this year's tape and then last year's tape, and they used him on pass rush downs. He bumped, they bumped him inside, which is fine. But last year, he played more of a 4-I, 5-tech, uh, where he was basically a D-end in a 3-4 type defense. Yep. I'm like, hold on. I, it didn't make sense to me. I don't know if he's someone that the Bills would go after. But these edge guys I just they're really not doing it for me, especially when we're talking near the top of this list.
0: No, Lonnie Phelps has some juice to him and he got Darnell, right? Uh, really good in the actual senior mm-hmm. bowl, but his tape was too inconsistent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's just like a ball of violence with everything that he does. Like, so you need to kind of rein him in a little bit, um, right. but he's, he's got some juice to his game, but meh. Um, I it's funny that you said that about Diaby. Like I saw the numbers for Diaby and like his like stats and I was like, whoa, look at all the pressures in the sacks. And then I went into the game, and I was like, oh. And <laughs> tight end, Davis Allen, Zach Koontz. Oh, I had a mock where I took Saldavary and Koontz, and somebody commented and was like, you took two guys from Old Dominion? This mock sucks. And I was like, okay, <laughs> got it, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard because, again, those guys fall value-wise in the, in the areas and positions that yeah. the Bills are looking to add some competition, upgrade. Um, so I could see, you know, teams and, and guys that are doing these simulators, picking guys like that, um, from the same school. Cause oh, they yeah. just kind of fall perfectly when you're, you're using yeah. the bills. He's probably the best one there. In my opinion, I'm not big on Davis Allen, pretty good blocker. Um, but I don't know. I like the upside. Not, of not, there's not much. So much. Up, yeah, exactly. The upside I was just going to say with, um, with him is just, it's through the roof. I know the bills are interested in juice Scruggs um he's got some he's a center but he's played guard as well and he's uh i, I believe he's another philadelphia guy for some reason i had aj start looking this up because mcdermott talked about a few years ago with when they acquired ryan bates guys from like the philly or pennsylvania areas like he mm-hmm. likes some of those blue collar town type mm-hmm. guys that come from families like that outside of Philly in. Pittsburgh area. I'm pretty sure Scruggs I'd have to look at AJ's spreadsheet cuz I literally had him look up all the players in this draft from like Pittsburgh or Philly. Um Aseem Richards, the tackle from North Carolina, I believe he's one of them too. And, and the Bills have ties to Penn State. So I know that they are interested oh. in Scruggs. Um Scruggs went to a
0: school I used to play against. He went to Cathedral Prep in Erie, Pennsylvania. Erie. Yep, there we go. There
1: you go. Um and then yeah exactly and so mcdermott commented on that he likes some again he's a guy that obviously went um to school in uh mm-hmm. pennsylvania so uh, he again he's kind of familiar with some of the outskirts of those suburbs and stuff like that but um yeah i don't know man this is tough because seldaveria again you got seldaveria you got Bates, you have positional flex guys do you need mm-hmm. to get another center probably not um and if we and also like usually who's available later Alex Forsyth
0: from Oregon of oh, like yeah. a later round guy I like some of his tape um he's more pure center I also think it's cool when dudes don't wear gloves and don't wear knee braces in college and he does both of those things which is interesting no gloves and no knee braces but he could be <laughs> a dude that I think we could get at 205 um yeah this one is like uh, I like the idea of Koontz. And I made that joke earlier, the two ODU guys. Um, yeah. but I like his his size and the frame, right? Is awesome with you how unique he is at All six right. foot seven Let's and go then, with he, him then. Yeah, right. I'm like
1: there's so yeah. much. You don't upside. have to sell me on him. Cool. <laughs> you don't. Um, I'll show I'll go bring up some uh film of him because I do have some on him. Again, he played in the same offense that Gasicki did when he was at Penn State. I think his head coach at ODU is uh Rainier, Rick, Rick Rainier, I think, or Rain. Um, uh, he again did a lot of the same things. Athletic guy, I think he's a better blocker because I swear mm-hmm. Gesicki was allergic to blocking. Kuns is a better blocker. Uh, Gesicki is a, is, a, is a power slot. He is not even a tight yes. End, he's like. not even a tight end, right? No. Um, but I, this guy is—he's a big dude, a Bills archetype. Um, he's more of a positional blocker, so he's not going to use power to get um, to create that displacement. Um, but he does do some interesting things with it. You know, his ability to drop his hips, to create that lift, to get guys moving. Um, I think he's got the tools, as I say, say on the screen there, like to, the tools to be an effective blocker. I don't think he's going to be quite the plus blocker, but I think he can do some things, whether he's flexed off the line of scrimmage and moved, uh, post snap mm-hmm. or not, but dude, his length and athleticism, um, and just that catch radius and his ability to line up in the slot or out wide and then just push vertically uh, down the field and either catch the ball or just to lift coverage. He's got that type of speed and vertical speed to lift coverages from the tight end position. Six. (laughs) This is ridiculous. So his official combine measurables, six
0: foot seven, 255 pounds, 34 inch (laughs) arms. And with those 34 inch arms, he put up 23 reps on the bench, which is legit with that. arm, That's legit.
1: Yes. Right. That's strong
0: dude. And then at, again, at six foot seven, 255 pounds, he ran, he ran a, f- a 4.55, 40 yard dash mm, mm. at six foot seven, fifty five, He ran a 1.57, 10 yard split, um, a 6.87, three cone, a 4.2, 20 yard shuttle. He had a vertical jump of 40 inches, a 10, a 10, eight broad athleticism ball of talent physicality, um, I love. I think this is the game against Virginia Tech that you literally yeah. have up on the screen. Like he, he had the game winner in this game in the slot. Like, and I think this rep you're about to show, he's got some snap to him that I wasn't expecting this for a guy me. of his size yeah. and length.
1: Right? Like, yeah. It was player. Cool. This, this is pretty interesting. It so a player profiler does comps for guys. Coons, his best comp is Mike Gesicki, and so. Funny, um, oh, but I also this, hate it because he's a better blocker. I know he is a better blocker, but as you said, with all those measurables and that height and that size. You wouldn't think he'd be this athletic. Watch the watch the turn on this play. It's a two way go, and then look at him just snap that route off. Like look at that the separation right there. I I did not see that coming from him at, again over the middle field. And that's we always talk about it. That's where Josh Allen needs some more targets, some guys over the middle. You know whether they're they're guys with size to sit in some of those zones that he can trust to catch it and not drop it, or just create that separation on some of those routes over the middle. The Bills need to attack the middle of the field more. I think Gesicki or Gasicki. I think he is the comp to Gisicki. I think he can do a lot of those things, but he does offer a little more grit than Gisicki. As you Mm -hmm. said, more of a power slot type guy.
0: Very fair. Um, And I also think, you know, with his size and athleticism, I think he also helps in the red zone. Like you get Mm -hmm. kind of an easy button in the red zone with his size and, okay, you know, you go 12 in the red zone with him and it's, are you going to stay in nickel with a smaller nickel defender against him? Or do you put a linebacker on them? Like, I, I think that potentially opens up some uh, easy button opportunities for you in the red zone, which was an area that the bills got better on or better in <laughs> mm-hmm. as the season went on. But like we broke down early in the year, um, they had
1: some struggles down there. All right. So we're at pick two zero five last pick of this draft. Um, I don't know what you, what are you looking for? This, this area, um, Obviously, they Pure got to have special teams. Yes. I really like a guy that I always gravitate to, and I don't even know if he's here now, um, Cameron Mitchell from Northwestern. I really, really oh, like him, but I don't course. see him here. Um, so I'm out on him. Uh, what other positions you want to look at? I usually, by default, I
0: really love Mohamed Ibrahim, the running back from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I take him every time here, but for the sake of realism, um, oh, boy. Kind of just yeah, want to go. Now you're looking at special teams or if there's anybody who fell that has some kind of positional value. Yeah. Um is there any what are the centers look like? Alex Forsyth is there. That's cool. Um I don't know. Do we want do we do we? Oh, uh. So is a guy who I
1: saw you and Thorne talking about him. Yeah. I haven't watched this
0: tape. Is he? Is he a cool dude? He's a good dude.
1: Yes. Uh, so this is crazy. I mean, this is super late in my opinion. I, I have uh, I want to say like a fifth on him or sixth. Okay. Um, I think it's fifth. But um, his game. I talked to Thorne about him because he was like, dude, the Bills are interested in this guy. You need to start mm-hmm. studying him. So I started. I studied him as soon as I got home yesterday. Um and. He reminds me of, like, Quentin Spain, like, in a good way, Mm. where his upper body is just so thick. It's that grizzly bear type look where he's a little Mm. heavier from the waist up. He's he's thick, um, Mm -hmm. and he's very powerful. And when he, in pass protection, he just widens the passing lanes when he's passing those stunts. Like, he just washes people out with his long arms Mm. and strength. He's more of a two-handed puncher, but he lands them at a high rate and uh, he just moves people. He's a people mover, much like Quentin Spain was, especially like you get him on the move. He just mm-hmm. washes people out. Remember Spain on those pin and pull runs uh, yep. from years ago. Like he would just, just oh, yeah. eliminate people so much. So he'd be on top of him. The, you, the guy would disappear. Uh, so is, is very much like that. It me of him a little Roger Saffold to his game, but not as violent as Saffold mm-hmm. was in, in his prime. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do think he's, you know, he's a decent guard that, Again, uh, the Bills are interested in – I'll just say that. The Bills are interested in him as a day three guy along the offensive line. I'm cool with I just don't, that. I don't think – I don't know if we need him, though. That's the thing. Fair. You know, with what we picked here, I, I don't know if we need him. Celebrity. I'm always
0: okay going into the trenches. Like, it, it, I'm go, yeah, I'm fine always restocking that cupboard. Like, DBs and trench guys, I'm always okay with um, –
1: I can't so go yeah, Let's go. Let's go with him. Let's go with I'll him. Say,
0: when in doubt, let's go with know, him. That'll,
1: that'll give us uh, a reason to put out the film and, and to, uh, to, that's to study him some more and for you guys to dig in a little more. Um, I'll post something. I have all the film cut up. I'll post something. Nice. Um, it's happiness. funny. Cause I have him. I have
0: him down after I saw
1: you guys talking about him. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like this is a dude I need to get to. Um,
0: yeah, no,
1: he's, he's a mean dude. I, I think, um, with again, the offensive line and protect Josh Allen. I think that's, um. You can't go wrong going with a guy, you know, especially late that you could yeah. develop if you like him. Absolutely. So I don't want to hear. Gamble. Also, I don't want
0: to hear anybody from anybody about their grades. I don't want to hear anybody being like, "Oh, you guys
1: got a C minus." Those grades are arbitrary. And Hey, listen, nothing. and like we should expect that they're grades, they're PFF trades. So that's really great. powerful. The court. I was going to say so, it's on brand. So let's. Well, why, why would we take offense to it when we say all see all year? Hey, take grades with a grain of salt. So okay. we got an F though for Mingo. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, because I, they have him. It. Which yeah. so that one from their system, like if we're not even
0: talking about actual football, their mock, right? Mm-hmm. They have him ranked as their 148th guy, but he <laughs> consistently goes between 85 and 130. Like regu- there's a ton yeah. of mocks where he doesn't even make it to the Bills. So how are you going to give us an F because you have him ranked at 148, but your mock simulator makes him go like 40 picks higher with right. regularity?
1: Yeah, Stupid yeah, it system. doesn't make any sense. I, I like it, man. Campbell in the first. Benton, two guys right there. You got them locked down. The middle of your defense is locked in for several years. Mingo in the third round, um, you know, bigger, thicker, as you said, not really a a guy on the the wide receiver room, in the wide receiver room that has some of his traits. And Mm -hmm. as you said, you know, after this year, there are only, what, three guys under contract, two or three guys under contract in that wide receiver room. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that, again, could be one of those players that, if you're trying to build a basketball team in the wide receiver room, have different Ooh, nice. skill sets. I think he's one of those guys. Sell the very Swiss Army knife when it comes to playing along the offensive line uh, in round four at pick 130. Koontz, his teammate, Coons uh, mm-hmm. again, upside as a tight end. And then City Soap from uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, a developmental guy, but offers a lot of the traits that Aaron Cromer and assistant offensive line coach Austin Gund. Um, do like and i think he's uh he's a powerful interior offensive lineman that they will look to develop and i think with the picks
0: here that we made they also kind of lead into the conversations that the bills themselves are going to have Mm -hmm. in this draft in terms of you really only have one hole which is really that linebacker spot and then everything else Are you have positional upgrades or role upgrades? And it's just going to be this tinkering of which one do you have ranked higher in terms of urgency needed to upgrade that position? And also, again, how does the board fall? Like, Mm -hmm. so, for example, if if we played, say we went with Addison in round one, right, we're not getting the linebacker that mm. the bills need, unless we then trade and sacrifice resources to go up and get a Campbell. Or even if you like Simpson, you're still going to have to sacrifice resources to get those guys. So with how people are thinking the board falls, the bills are in a, and again, I don't even think they'd pick someone like a Dorian Williams. Cause I don't think it makes sense, but I think the bills are in much better shape with Jack Campbell and Jonathan Mingo than they are with Jordan Addison and Dorian Williams or Jordan Addison and Demario overshot, like right. what you need. And that's what you're playing with. It's not necessarily, in a vacuum, this is the best thing for round one. You're trying to build the team as a whole and upgrade as much of the team as possible, and especially with respect to premium positions. I mm-hmm. think we did that and also fostered some of the conversation in terms of how how that balancing act works between value and positional scarcity across the board in each round.
1: Yeah, you have to pay attention to those drop-offs, you know, and um, it's hard. Like you said, the middle linebacker is pretty much the only need. And uh, again, we talked about the tackles. Mm -hmm. especially early Um, Spencer Brown. Can you upgrade it? Yes. You know, could you have upgraded it at 27 in that probably, but when you're talking uh, value and the drop off at linebacker, as you said, you have to, you have to lean towards an important position in this defense. I mean, you have to, it's hard to ignore Jack Campbell. He stands out on the board, regardless Mm -hmm. of what he's listed as he stands out at a position of need at a position of importance. You know, you've heard us for years talk about how important Tremaine Edmonds is. You kind of had to expect that not only us taking him, uh, you know, in the simulator, taking Campbell in in this situation, but you know, damn well that this team is considering it at Mm -hmm. that position at 27. They have to, there's a reason why they didn't go out and spend, you know, some money on some of those veteran players, you know, some of those Levante Davis, the Bobby Wagners, they could have, made some numbers work for those guys, Yeah, but they said, you know what? We're not going to offer them a contract and then still think about the future at this position of need, but also a position of importance in this defense under Sean McDermott now. So it's just too hard to pass up Campbell again at the end of the first round when he has, you know, when some of those guys that that went at the end of the first round are going to have second round grades.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think people get caught up in that so much. Like usually in on any given year, there's what, like 15 to 20 guys that go in the first round that have, like, true first-round grades, like, at any ballpark year. And when you're sitting here at the end of the first round, usually the guys you're going to get there most likely probably have a second-round grade. And, again, I think that's fine, and I think you hit everything on the head when it comes to Campbell. Like, even somebody who you and I both liked, and we talked about him in the film with Levante David, like the idea of him filling that Edmonds role, right? Yeah. The Bills reached out to him when he had already like basically signed with Tampa Bay, like he came out and said it so that the bills didn't even kick the tires on him initially when he was a free agent, they basically kind of waited till the end and were like, I felt like they were like, eh, let's give him a call. Why not? And then they were like, Oh, he's already signed. Cool. Whatever. Like they didn't make an effort to really address this position. As you right. bring up some tape of Jack Campbell, like he's, I mean, and you see the size with how big he is at six foot five forty six, but he, I think he, he covered better than I thought he would. Like you can yeah. watch him match in coverage against, you know, he's picking up slot receivers and he can mirror running backs and tight ends um, and cover down on underneath routes and clamp down. I like the way he leverages gaps. I think, I don't think he's too, he's a, he's a drop-off coverage wise versus Edmonds, but that's, that's not necessarily a knock against him. It's because Edmonds is a unicorn, but he gets the job done in coverage. <laughs> he's good in coverage. And I do think he's an uptick coming forward and from the neck up.
1: Right, and uh, we talked about his processor versus the run. I think he's better uh, at this point than Edmonds mm-hmm. in that regard. But I do think when it comes to pass coverage, his recognition of routes oh, is cool. also a, a better processor, in my opinion. Now, Edmonds does have that range and uh, um, some of that length because Campbell has shorter arms, especially yes. if you're talking compared to Edmonds. But again, most people do. Yeah, but especially for, uh, for a dude uh, who's six five. Right for the <laughs> archetype he's actually got shorter arms, but it doesn't hinder his play when it comes to stack and shedding. He still knows how to you know, stack and, and leverage his gap quite well, as you'll see in some of these plays. But I think his processor from top to bottom is better than Edmonds, whether he's coming downhill versus run or those uh, route combinations. Again, they play a similar system at Iowa that Sean McDermott um, is going to employ in Buffalo and has employed in Buffalo. uh, A lot of, you know, leverage type plays where you're going to have three on twos, you know, two on ones and passing and communicating. And there's really not a better linebacker in this class when it comes to communicating and getting guys lined up than Jack Campbell. So that's why we think he's a perfect fit, even if it is, again, a few picks earlier than what most people uh, want to take a linebacker this year. We just think he is just too much of a fit to pass up or risk losing yeah. by taking someone else at 27 and then trying to, again, finagle at the top of the second round and maybe missing out on a Campbell because there are teams that are looking for linebackers, whether they are Mike's or wills. Absolutely. And that's a huge piece, right? The Mike and will conversation. I feel like
0: all linebackers are not equal from a positional skill set and fit standpoint. And, you know, we, we keep seeing a lot of names thrown out there that aren't necessarily those fits for the bills. And when you're talking about the talent, you're talking about the fit, you're talking about, who the player in person is, it's really hard to find somebody better than Jack Campbell to match what the bills need at that position. And we now officially have a live mock under the cover one film room belt. How do you feel? How did it was?
1: That was a lot tougher. There was was a lot more pressure. (laughs) There's a lot more pressure uh, than, you know, just running, running them on your phone or whatever. No, that was fun. Um, I, I do think that was, uh, I think those are legit questions and discussions that are having. And so that's why this exercise, um, is always fun to do this time of year. So, uh, that was a uh, awesome, awesome time. And it really, I don't,
0: I don't do mocks until after like the first ish second week of free agency. Mm-hmm. Cause free agency changes team needs so much up and down the board. And I've really been ramping up in March. And as we sit here and do this one, we are fully into April. And the draft is only like several weeks away. We are in draft month. It is almost draft miss. So this mock draft kicks off some of our more mock type activity here in the cover one film room in terms of kind of just moving us forward for everything. And Eric, it's 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 an exciting time as we really start to get more of an idea of. Who could potentially be there at different positions? What the Bills need, which players can fit those needs, and then us here in the film room and on our Twitter accounts uh, at Cover One or Eric's personal at Eric J Turner or myself mm-hmm. at Pro underscore underscore Ant. All the breakdowns and the film pieces, whether you know on our Twitters and socials or here on the show, and yeah. really kind of put those players' skill sets and fits into perspective. It's a really exciting time.
1: Yeah, and so you know, go to our handles and search our handle and some of these guys' names. We've broken down most of these guys, whether they're at the senior bowl or again, just uh, over the last few weeks uh, after the combine and whatnot. So uh, we appreciate everyone, everyone tuning in. And um, this is one of those episodes that will translate quite well in audio form. So if you don't, you're not able to watch this live, uh, make sure to subscribe on all of our you know podcast platforms, mm-hmm. uh, especially Apple, because there was a glitch with our network where uh, for some reason they, they switched up their their format. So. You know, we've lost a lot of you followers, so make sure you go ahead and follow us on Apple um, and, and subscribe to the channel so that you are notified when these podcasts do drop.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to be having you covered here in the film room these next several weeks and obviously leading up to the draft. And then, of course, there's going to be no place better for you folks to come to once the Bills make these draft pick yeah. selections at the end of April in terms of breaking
1: down who and what they got and why they got them and what it means for this team. The best part. That's the best part. Like I like projecting and thinking about what guys would fit in the bill scheme and all that. But I like once it's, once it's done, those guys are chosen and then we get to dive into their film even more. And that's when your mind, uh, because we're again, X's and O's film Mm -hmm. junkies where we can start really implementing like, Oh, they could do this with this guy and this is how they could use them. Um, And and that's where it's really fun. Post draft is uh, content is some of my favorite content because then we can start legit, you know, projecting these guys into the offense or defenses of the Bills. Absolutely. I second that completely.
0: I am tremendously giddy and excited for this month. This is one of the best times of the year and we hope that you folks enjoy riding with us here in the cover one film Room every single week. Um, we, we know this was a technically like non live episode, you know, this will be published. Um, so we appreciate all you folks who tuned in and checked us out. Um, we kind of make some scheduling things work to be able to get this content out to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop a like on this video here on YouTube. Please subscribe to the Film Room and the Cover One channel here on YouTube. As Eric mentioned, if you're listening on one of the audio platforms, that's cool too. Thank you very much for your listen or your download. Whatever platform you are listening to this show on, please drop a rating or a review, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google, whatever you know platform you use. Um, please subscribe to the channel and the show as well. Like Eric mentioned, there was some glitchy things that kind of messed up things for us on the audio side for the entire brand. So hit that subscription where, wherever you are like review rate, all that kind of stuff. Tell your family and friends and loved ones about how awesome this show is. We appreciate you folks more than you will ever know. I'm literally just like excited. Like I just like doing (laughs) mocks and we're getting closer. Every, every episode of the film room is another week closer towards the NFL draft. And, I'm excited, Eric, you're excited. We hope all of you are excited and we hope you continue to tune in um, to the show every single week as we continue to break down everything and everything you anything and everything. Well, I guess everything and everything still works (laughs) at home Um, when it comes to anything having to do with the Buffalo bills and the hows and whys behind it all. With that being said for myself, Anthony Prohaska for Eric Turner, this has been another episode of the cover one film room. We will see you next week. Godspeed. And as always go bills.